Welcome to the Imposture to Unstoppable podcast, where physicians can learn how to overcome imposter syndrome and create the career of their dreams. I am here today with Kelly Casperson. She is a urologist, mom, private practice owner, and a podcaster with a podcast called You Are Not Broken. And we're here to talk about all things imposter syndrome. Hi, Kelly. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. So let tell me all about your thoughts on imposter syndrome, your experiences, all the things. Yeah. Uh, imposter syndrome's real. Mm-hmm. We all think we're these like special unicorns. Of, and then like, I remember the first time I was like, oh, imposter syndrome's like a thing that, that people have. Like it's a known condition, right? Like, like, look at this rash. Oh, other people have this rash. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's more normalizing. And then like, you know, then you complimented of like, well, imposter syndrome is actually what really smart people have. And mm-hmm. then you're like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. So now you're part of like a, a smart person problem. <laughs> and they're, <laughs> so they're like, well, people who aren't high achievers, they don't have imposter syndrome. And you're like, oh, so it kind of like comes with, it's like the price of admission for doing, you know, bigger, scarier things, right? Yeah. So I think just learning about imposter syndrome can be very normalizing for people mm-hmm. because otherwise you just think you're the problem and you don't fit. And like, that's, that's not it at all. Yeah, absolutely. That's, I think, for, certainly true for me. And I, it's interesting that you said that. And it's so true about among high achievers, which then makes you feel like you can't get rid of it because you're supposed to have it. And that's a dangerous loop, too, because then you're like, how much imposter syndrome is too much? <laughs> Right. Yeah, exactly. Or like, or like, oh, or what if I don't have imposter syndrome? Does that mean I'm not achieving enough? Right. Oh, maybe <laughs> I'm not as smart tons, as I thought. Yeah, you can play tons of mind games with it. But I think it's just so normalizing to realize that it's not like your unique fingerprint mm-hmm. of like, this is actually like experts research imposter syndrome, right? Like yep. it is legitimately a thing. And it's you're a like, thing. Yeah, but my imposter syndrome special. No, it's not. <laughs> Yeah. And it's nice. It's kind of grounding to know that like those thoughts you have, like everyone has them like they're not just thoughts. Yeah. And and I think, you know, I don't know when I first started listening about maybe residency was Mm -hmm. when I think the conversation, I feel like the conversation was not happening or I, I wasn't involved in that conversation. But I think women talking to other women about imposter syndrome just takes the big scary cover off of it yeah because you're like oh my gosh i think this person's amazing and they have imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. oh of course i'm gonna have it then you know and like for women to have imposter syndrome conversations with each other is is amazing keep it keep it happening i I love your podcast thank you (laughs) i think it's what a brilliant idea yeah (laughs) i'm like i just reached that level of like i just you know I'll just be embarrassed and humiliated about these are the only thing, thoughts that I just have. But come to find out, <laughs> everyone it has the same thing and has gone through the same experiences. And it's like this whole world has opened up in my mind of like, this is just something that I'm going to experience. And it doesn't mean that it's true about me or anything. It just means that I do things anyway and just, you know, like trample through it. And it's, it was such a powerful experience that I was like, I need to we just need to talk about it. And I, that's why I just love that people are so willing to come and openly talk about it like you and just say like, this is it and it's normal and fine. And we still are going to go on and do amazing things. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, the more you get into the world, like, I don't know if you listen to Brene Brown's podcast yes. on F- FFTs. Yes. Right? <laughs> 
know, it, just the normalizing of it of like, oh, when I do things for the first time, it's scary. When mm -hmm. I, you know, step outside, it's scary. And that's just the body trying to keep itself safe and the yeah. body trying to like check yourself a little bit of like, are you sure you're not jumping off a cliff to your doom? Okay, you're not. All right. Just want, just needed to check. Right. You know? And like, that's so, I, I guess it's just very normalizing to me to be like, oh, psychologists research this stuff. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I, I love that you brought up the fear thing, because I think fear has a lot to do with imposter syndrome, especially when it's holding us back from doing bigger things. Have you experienced any of that at all or in the past about fear of you know, trying new things or branching out? I think, I think the fear for, I mean, I think women in general, right? Like the fear that somebody's going to tell them that they don't belong or mm -hmm. that they're not good enough. And so I think it's like fear of what you think society is going to tell you or you think other people are going to tell you. And, and they're, they're usually they're not going to tell you those things. Like mm -hmm. that's fear is yourself and it's your self-limiting fear of like trying to exist in a world, you know, medicine for instance, especially in urology, right? There's yeah. not a lot of women in urology trying to exist in a world where you don't see a lot of yous walking around. Mm -hmm. of Like somebody's going to tell me at some point that I sh shouldn't be here. Yeah. Right? They don't, you know, that's, right. that's, that's kind of your voice checking you and being like, I don't see a lot of me's walking around. Mm -hmm. Maybe I don't belong here. Maybe this, maybe this isn't what I should do, but paying attention to that mind and that fear, because that fear will absolutely keep you from your next adventure. Mm -hmm. How do you, how have you dealt with that in the past? That voice telling you, especially professionally, that maybe something's wrong here because there's not many like you in your field. Um, well, I think a sense of adventure certainly helps, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? You're like, yeah. well, let's go see what's going on over here. Like yeah. any, anybody else? <laughs> um, so I think a sense of adventure and, you know, wanting to be a different drummer helps. Mm -hmm. um, but then just realizing, I think the mind for me has always been fascinating and thank goodness for that. So I started out as a neuroscience undergrad oh. um, before medical school. And then so there's a lot of like the mind and psychology and what parts of the brain cause the fear and what parts of the brain listen to the other fear part of the brain. Like that mm -hmm. was always very interesting to me. And thank God I had that going into a surgical residency Yeah. where, where you know, you just get thrown into the wolves all the time. And then so just listening to that fear and being like, where'd that come from? Why is that mm -hmm. there is so important. And yeah. Was that, yeah. Was that a rambling answer of like, thank God no, that I, was, learned, I learned about no. the brain early that, on? <laughs> that was good. I am a fan of the brain as well, especially when it comes to um, thought work and mindset and that kind of thing, which you really need to have a good hold on to get a hold on of, of imposter syndrome, I think. Yeah. I, I mean, the other, I, I watched this TED talk. And it was about taking a, literally taking a stance. So like mm -hmm. stand up straight, put your shoulders back, trick your brain into thinking that it is the biggest winner in the room. Mm -hmm. And it, it amazingly does, does powerful stuff for you. So like going into a surgery, right? So I'm a surgeon going into surgery and you're like, okay, the, the stakes are really high on this, you know, and maybe I haven't done 500 of them. I've done mm -hmm. enough that I'm allowed to do it. But so you go in and you're very, very intimidated by it. Like literally stand up straight, put your shoulders back, take those deep, powerful breaths and the body will then help lead the mind. So it's kind of, you know, the power of the body and the power mm -hmm. of the mind. Yeah. I love that. The power stance, I think, which initially I learned about from Gray's Anatomy. <laughs> like six years ago. But then I read it. I, I think I, I did a TED talk. I heard learn about a TED talk about it. And I did it before I, might, I took my boards like in the bathroom. And it works. It's incredible. It, it really yeah. does. Totally. It's amazing.
So what are you doing now kind of on a day-to-day basis to keep those imposter syndrome thoughts at bay? Well, I think, you know, the good thing for for listeners or for people who are, I, mean, I am not old, <laughs> but for people who maybe haven't had as many years in as me is like, to me, the imposter syndrome did go away. Like yeah. it, it, it does go away or if it doesn't go away, it's not there because you're like, oh my gosh, am I going to have to deal with imposter syndrome until like forever? For I think mm-hmm. for some people, yes. Mm-hmm. Like I think for some people that's, it's just a voice and it's like a broken record. But I think for some people, if you're like, uh, I'm the smartest person in the room now mm-hmm. you know? or, or, okay, maybe I'm not the smartest person, but like they're as smart as me and I'm not, I, I own this space. I belong here. Mm-hmm. And, and I think a lot of that is the grace of just sh- keep showing up. Yeah. Right. Of like, if you just keep showing up day after day, doing the work, being the, getting the experience at some point, you're the person who has that knowledge and you have that experience. And I think that kind of power in standing your ground really helps imposter syndrome of like, oh, everybody's asking my opinion about this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, and it's just kind of the, the, the grace of like, if you show up long enough and do the work, that imposter syndrome does kind of back off because you're like, oh, no, I'm, I'm the one that they're asking to do the things now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for hope for people of like, oh my God, especially if they're just starting out in a new job, mm-hmm. you know, or like, is this how it's always going to be of like, no, 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 it's really icky right now. Cause you're new. Yeah. Right. And it's icky right now because you don't have the experience, but like stay in the game because everybody who has experience only got it by showing up every single day. Right. And I think we make the mistake in medicine, a lot of assuming that we need to know things right away, which is so ridiculous because medical school is four years. Residency is three to five or six. You know what I mean? Like everything takes time. It takes time to learn how to be a doctor and a surgeon, but yet we still think that if we don't know something right away, then we're not, we don't belong. So it's this really interesting juxtaposition of like, why do we think these things when it's so obvious that that's not how we should be thinking about them? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, part of the healthy mind too is the healthy body. And we neglect our bodies so horribly in medicine mm-hmm. um, that if we're not sleeping, our mind, our mental health isn't, isn't optimal. If we're not exercising our bodies, our mental, all comes back to like keeping our body and our mind as healthy as possible, I think has made a huge difference for me. And that's not where I was in residency at all. Yeah. It's so true. And I feel so few of so few people are because they feel like all they need to be doing is studying. And if they're doing anything other than studying or working, then they're failing. Mm -hmm. What kind of habits would you recommend for people in order to stay healthy and to, to, to be at the top of their game? Yeah, like I'm so cliched, right? Because I'm like, I, I mean, I'm just fig- trying to figure it out like everybody else. And now that I've figured it out, I'm like, I'm just going to say what everybody says. Because, <laughs> you know, we're, we're all, we all own these human bodies, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's not like the secret, it's not the secret formula that like, oh, I have. is like, you make time for yourself mm-hmm. you and meditate. I love the saying, like the Buddhist tells somebody to meditate 20 minutes a day. And if you're too busy, then you have to meditate 40 minutes a day. Yeah. <laughs> It makes sense. I so love really. that saying. So I get about five minutes a day for me. Um, exercise has mm-hmm. literally changed. So I got to the point where I was like, you just catch yourself, right? You catch yourself and you're like, is this, is this it? Is this the plan? Mm-hmm. Or, or is there something? And so you read all the books and the books are like, wake up early, 
Spend time with yourself in the morning. Move your body ideally every single day. Get eight hours of sleep. Mm -hmm. Don't drink too much. Like, I'm just like, I'm not giving anybody any new information, but it's like, if somebody's like, how did I go from literally surviving to thriving is like, the simple stuff like i just read the owner's manual of my body and then i resisted Mm -hmm. it right i'm like yeah yeah but what are the hacks (laughs) right (laughs) there's another way to do that (laughs) somebody's somebody's successful without doing this and then you're like no all the successful people do that Mm -hmm. like they literally take time for themselves and you know do those steps and manage the mind which is i mean we've got this computer that's like millions and millions of years old right Mm -hmm. And the computer behaves in a certain way. And imposter syndrome is like, it's just trying to keep a, keep us safe. Yep. It's just trying to make us not, you know, in medicine, kill somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, but to, to say, hey, what are the limitations of that? Right. And can, can I do things to overcome that to, so I can live my best life? So, yeah, I, I mean, I sound so cliche now that I'm like, oh, people should exercise and sleep. But it's, but like, it's I think it's you just it. need to hear things. Yeah, you just do yeah. it. And it's so true. And for me, I was forever, you know, thought I linked exercise to a punishment for eating food that I shouldn't have be shouldn't be eating or I have to exercise to lose weight. It was always that that set that connection. Yeah. yeah. And then when I realized that exercise makes me feel better mentally, like how much it was helped with stress and really had nothing to do with weight loss at all because that's just about the food then it really was it made it so much better for me just you know that's a that's a kind of a um, tangent but when I linked exercise to my mental health it it just clicked and it's like this is why I exercise and my weight and my body image is different which obviously it helps with that too but when you realize that exercise is for the endorphins and that that space is for me what made the huge difference. Oh, I mean, exercise is a drug, right? Mm-hmm. For me, I'm like, if they could bottle this, like mm-hmm. Pfizer would be all up in this drug. Um, the funny thing for me is there's a sweat emoji on my iPhone. Mm-hmm. And like if you type sweat, you know, like the emojis will like, the sweat emoji is a frowny face. Oh, like there's like a sweat thing and it's frowning and I'm like, there there used to be a sweat happy face. I'm like, right. Leave it to me. I'm going to be like, dear Apple. Yeah. Have you you considered a smiley, sweaty face? Yeah. And in fact, it should look like this. (laughs) Yeah, it should look like this because exercise, I mean, exercise is amazing for the body. I teach a lot about sex um, and happy sex and all Mm -hmm. the sex. And I'm like, that's how it is with sex too. It's like, you got to sleep. You got to exercise. You got to manage your mind. Like it all comes yeah. down to just taking care of this ancient gift that we have yeah. uh, to, to make us as, as strong as possible. My, one of my hacks for exercise for people, and because my plan two years ago was to exercise when I retired. Mm-hmm. Like now I say it out loud because it's like so incredibly ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I can't be the only one, right? I'm like, so my plan was I was going to do my career. My kids were going to grow out of the house. I was going to retire and then I was going to exercise. Like that was legitimately in my exercise plan. Yeah. And like one day I'm like, oh my God, that is some bullshit. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's my plan. Like, oh my gosh. And so like for, but for me, so like the accountability, like yeah. I was like to drag myself to a gym all by myself and to think like, this is what I'm going to do. So I started working out at home, which mm-hmm. saves you a massive amount of time. My limiting mm-hmm. belief being you can't get sweaty at home, which is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then accountability partners of like yep. they're, they're gonna show up and exercise and they're gonna wonder where the heck i am yeah it's like, once i figured out so that was my hack is like figure out what hack you need mm -hmm. to get these habits in and mine was working out at home and having accountability partners but it's like whatever you need to do to get those habits because they won't people are like well i'm just not motivated mm -hmm. you know it's like you're not going to be motivated right motivation, do it anyway yeah do you just do it right? yeah you it's just how do you it in the same with imposter syndrome of like you ha sometimes you just have to show up and do the job and yep. then like you know ponder that later of like okay is is this thought and the other thing about you know imposter syndrome is mm -hmm. is this thought serving me oh yeah I love that Which question. I, I love that question. It's mm -hmm. so good of like, just because you're having a thought doesn't mean it's a, a fact or, right. a, or a real thought of like, is, is me thinking I'm not good enough actually serving me? Is it serving my family? Is right. it serving the hospital where I work? You know, right. and like that thought might always be there, but you're allowed to challenge it. Exactly. And for, I talk about this a lot because I didn't know that I could change my thoughts or challenge my thoughts until like really recently, right? Like it was cr crazy. I went through most of my life without ever figuring this out. And then once I did, not only did imposter syndrome completely go away, but everything changes when you know that. Cause it's like the secret weapon that you have that no one teaches you. And then you're like, Oh my gosh, like I have complete control over my own brain. And you can just think something else. You can literally think anything else. And eventually, with, you, with repetition, you think that automatically. Your brain just is like, okay, well, this is our thought now. Totally. Oh, I absolutely love it. So in third year of residency, like, you know, the pits of despair of surgery, right? yeah. I, was, I was burnt out. I was angry. I was mm -hmm. bitter. I was... I like came home. I was literally, I came home. I had, I had lots of really good plans that now I'm like, mm -hmm. this, you know, but so I came home and I was like, if only I can figure out how to control everybody, mm -hmm. then my day is going to be better. Yes. Right. And so I'm like literally like reading books of like how to get people how to negotiate, how to yeah. get people to do what you want. Like I'm like trying to figure out those books. And in the process of doing that, you know, you come across John Kabat-Zinn and Buddhism and Stoicism mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, well, the trick is you can't control any of them. Mm -hmm. The trick is you can only control yourself. But that right. is where ultimate power comes from. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, thank goodness I found that in the middle of residency because I was so burnt out, couldn't control anybody, which mm -hmm. turns out you can't. So right. don't, tr don't try. <laughs> right. But like the power is literally in you for, for burnout. And I never want anybody to hear that and, and be like, oh, so I should just put up with this really mm -hmm. abuse, abusive, hor like, no, you know, you shouldn't be in really horrible, abusive situations. But I think a lot of burnout, a component of it comes from within and not taking care of the body and the mind and your boundaries. I absolutely agree with that. And I think that there is no doubt a system systems issue with burnout, but it's not the whole story. And you can take control of your mindset and change the thoughts you have. And then still decide like this is not where i want to be working but it's so much more beneficial for you to get your mind right first because then you can solve problems that are useful in a way that's beneficial to you you find out where you need to be going if it's not where you're working and it's where you actually should be and then you get your mind right so that when you get there you've changed your thoughts and you realize where your control is because if you're constantly thinking that it's external it's the external world that's creating the, the how you feel 
then you're never going to win because you always have your brain and it's going to go everywhere with you. And I think that we just need to take back control, which I think is good. I think it's good that you have more control than you think. At least it was for me. Yeah, absolutely. And and the whole thing about boundaries, right? Yes. Of like learning about boundaries. And, and it was somebody had said, I don't remember where I got this from, but it's like the most compassionate people have the strongest boundaries. Mm -hmm. And to me, that was very, very meaningful, right? Because my ideal of a, a woman with boundaries was maybe not a very nice person, right? Yeah. And to be like, no, no, I'm allowed to be completely compassionate towards all these other people because my boundaries are so firm. I know yeah. what, what, but it's okay. And what's been very interesting about developing boundaries is my clinic and my nurses, they, they tell me, you have the nicest patients. Your patients are so nice. I love taking care of your patients. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm like, what's the, with me having really nice patients? Again, not, not anything I can control, right? Yeah. Except for the fact that I have such strong boundaries, my patients know this is mm -hmm. how I act when I come to clinic. This is what to expect. And I have to think me having boundaries has something to do with these people being complete joys around the rest of my team. Yeah. Like I don't put up with abuse. I don't put up with people abusing my nurses and my nurses know that. And so yeah. they like, they like their job, right? Cause they're like, if a patient is horrifically rude to them, I have very strong boundaries about that. So you yeah. can, you can control, I guess, in that way, like the, the feeling around your, your work <laughs> by, by having those boundaries. So yeah. if you, if you think you don't have boundaries, explore that because they're very powerful. Absolutely. I agree with you hundred percent. Well, this is awesome. Let's just do, I know you gave such good advice already, but if you could give a new attending, because this is where I struggled, advice about feeling like an imposter and what to do tomorrow to feel better, what would you say to them? Exercise. Mm -hmm. And you're going to tell me you don't have time. I totally get that. You're going to tell me you don't have time. You have time. Mm -hmm. You don't have time not to. So exercise, yeah. get sweaty, because truthfully, like all your stresses, the other thing about exercise is it's kind of like a meditation, right? I'm mm -hmm. like, if you're sweating so hard, you're not thinking about you not being good enough, right? right. You're literally like, I'm doing a burpee. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like literally like meditative. So it's yeah. good because it kind of gets you out of that head game, right? Mm -hmm. And then number two would be find another woman who's doing the career that you're doing and be vulnerable to them. Yeah and talk because the more normalizing you could make it you are not alone it's a universal phenomenon yeah they say like the only people without without um imposter syndrome are narcissists yeah yeah <laughs> that's true <laughs> so yeah that's what i do i'd be a sweaty and then you know find a find a friend or find a mentor you know somebody who can be like yeah you yeah. got this or that's i awesome. had that too Perfect. That's great. Well, thank you so much, Kelly, um, for everything. And don't forget to find her podcast called You Are Not Broken.